this is that other sports shit. Let's go. Ladies and gents, we are back. I don't even have to do this from the garage today. There's literally no person in my home right now. I'm all alone. I have a whole weekend of just me time. So I'm doing this in my living room, the comfort of my own home. The I love this. this when does great. the tomfoolery start or this just, is the start of the tomfoolery? This, today will be the start of the of the tomfoolery. And by that, I mean, by that, I mean, when I come home from work tonight, I'm going to play Three hours of Madden football. <laughs> That's pretty heavy. Duty. You can't make so me go to bed it. on time. I'm going to go to bed when I want to. No one's going to stop me. Nobody's the boss of you. On the couch. That's right. I have no boss right now. No strings on me, as Ultron would say. Uh, yeah. So uh, we've we've taken a little hacienda from the show, but that's fine. You know what? Because if you listen to the show, or have listened at least, you'll know that. Come the, you know, fall and winter time, lots of holidays, lots of sports, lots of work, lots of projects. We take a, we take more extended time off during this part of the year. So it's expected. Uh, but we do have uh, a pretty packed show. We have UFC 296, which at least on paper looks like it could have some bangers. Jason and I will go through that card, at least the main card, and we will give you some winners, some losers, some make your bet picks. And then we will jump into the NFL week, which I believe is 17. Are we in 17 or 16 right now? 15. 15. Holy shit. I'm off. I know. But still, it's There's still late in the season. Still so late in the season, yeah. though. It yeah, seems a like we have a lot of games. We got like three games. A lot of meat left on the bone. And the best part is, is that the NFL, there's so many close divisions right now. Even the conferences, there's like just, there's huge battles and for positioning in the playoffs. And so these last few weeks or so are going to be immensely huge to a bunch of, of football franchises. I can't wait. But without going into much into that, let me introduce you right now. The guy who's playing Santa Claus tonight. He's got big plans. Always holding down Fresno, California. A little bit low on Derek Carr right now. It's okay, though. And, and, and I can't wait to hear the rant from this man on Coach Staley or ex-head Coach Staley, Mr. Jason Valdez. Oh, thank you for the intro. A few things here, Jess. We want to start with our house cleaning. So shout out to you and happy holidays. As always, brother, I love you. You know, an interesting time. You always start the shows off when we take a week or two off by almost apologizing to our listeners who we love. And thank you so much again for taking your time during the holidays to listen to the show, whether you will listen traveling, working out, mowing the lawn, however you get it in. We appreciate you. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple, however you find this show in the world, shout out to you, listener. Happy holidays. We got a lot of love for you. But, Jess, I like to explain it like this, okay? If you look at our last three seasons, we've done 30 episodes. We are over 30 episodes for the third consecutive year. And this is if you look at the history of our show. We took, like, two years off, maybe even more. (laughs) 
So we really are giving the people what they want. And again, anyone that's listened to this show the past 10 years knows November, December are going to sometimes we're going to have some off weeks. You're going to get a lot of football from us during the football season, but we're also going to have some off weeks. I was thinking prior to the show that we might name this show. Is this the end of the year show? Because we don't know if it is or not. We might be back next week. We might be back after Christmas. We don't know. We have no clue. Uh, I don't know what Jess's schedule is, but I know he's busy. He doesn't know what my schedule is, but I can tell you it's fucking busy. So we're going to try and find time to give the people what they want. This is the first time we've done a Friday show in a very long time. And as Jess said, it's about 9.15 a.m. California time. And I believe, because my phone is blowing up on an Adam Schefter level, that Coach Daly has just been removed and that is after a slacking last night by the Vegas Raiders. Uh, I think it was like 63. Did they put up 63? I thought it was 63. I could be Jess, wrong. but it Jess, was... we, what a crazy season where we had a team score 70 points and 63 points as you talk about playing Madden and no one can stop you. No one's the boss of you. Uh, you're just going to play until 3, 4 in the morning till the sunrise. That's right, baby. Uh, this is how we get down. On rookie Listen, level, you're... too. Hey, so you're running, so you're scoring 63 or 70. Yeah. Like you're really running up with uh, Jesse Jesse playing uh, his uh, creative player, and he plays both ways. He plays uh, lineman, hybrid lineman, tight end. So he's able to catch passes inside the red zone like Gronk, but also get like 18 sacks. <laughs> So, hey, listen, Jess, I'm glad we're back again. Shout out to the people because we're 30 deep. We've done over 30 episodes this year, which to us is an accomplishment. We always try and get over 35, 36. But realistically, the 30 number is, I think, a good number because it's not it's not too little. It's not too much because you see some shows they'll do a hundred shows a year. And it's like that that's that's a lot. Y'all got free. They time. also get paid. They get paid. Yeah, that too. That too. That might be a big point of it. You know, if someone threw us a few nickels, think of a twenty twenty four here, Jess. You know, because we we're, we're gonna set our um, our ambitions high. You know how we like to do it. We're gonna shoot for the stars and possibly land on the clouds. We always say right around this time we're gonna shoot for more guests. We did have more guests this year, and the year's not over yet. Uh, I think next year we're going to really do a little bit more pro wrestling. Did the, did last show do good numbers metric wise? Cause we did some wrestling. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I don't ever think that the wrestling takes that we give are going to move the needle, but it really like in, in all reality, it really does move the needle. There's, there's people who may just catch a little glimpse of something, or maybe they read the caption of what the show is going to be on Spotify or Apple. And then they're like, oh, oh, wrestling take. Okay. And then, you know, they go and wrestling fans, y'all are like, you are way more loyal than I think any other major mm. sports based fandom. I think rest, pro wrestling fans are legit. They are legit. What do you, do you mean? So when you say this, Jess, do you mean their dedication to a brand or to a wrestler? I feel like it's more of a dedication to just the sport. This, oh. the, it, you know, I do, because <clears throat> you will have your people who claim, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I bleed red. I'm Monday Night Raw, baby, or I bleed blue. I'm, I'm SmackDown. Or now you got the NXT guys, right? Like now NXT's kind of mixing around. It's not just noobs anymore. You got like old ass vet wrestlers in, in NXT, and then you got the AEW. You got the new uh, Japan Pro Wrestling. You got all of it, right? 
Yeah, I think that I think that my question is more because what I see online when I when I see the loyalty is it's a lot of the brand loyalty where it's I'm AEW, so I, I don't watch WWE or I'm WWE, so I don't watch AEW. And that, that's how I see it. I see a lot of that. See, you, know, you see it. Stuff. You see it more on your end because I know that you dabble way farther than I do on the pro wrestling circuit. But when I see things, I see people, I see fewer of those people. Now they're very hardcore, right? Like they're, I'm all, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm WWE. I, I won't watch AEW. It's shit, whatever, or vice versa. But what I see a lot more of, at least on my end of, of Twitter things, is people saying, man, that match, you know, that Seth Rollins match was fire. Oh, you're but lucky. over here, Will Ospreay, like, he, he lit that shit up. Like, that was amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. And so That's I awesome. see a more of a – You're getting the positive aspects of pro. You're getting the – you're not getting the toxicity and the, you know, the sewage of – the algorithm, which is where I'm at now. You're getting the more of the positive. Hey, I enjoy this match. I enjoy that. That's that's good. Stay there, please. Don't, I don't. think it's great that if you go far enough down the rabbit hole of the algorithm on, on X or Twitter, whatever you prefer to call it, Excellent. It, it it literally does get more toxic as you go down. Like, yeah, Jay and I love football, right? So Jay's probably deep. Like he's 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 like, forgive my French, but he's balls deep down cowboy mm. that cowboy algorithm, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm also balls deep down Buffalo Bills Bills Mafia. And the deeper you go, like you, the more first, negative when, it gets. When you're treading the water, it's all these happy go lucky fans. They're like, yeah, yes. I love I love Dak. CD's my guy. Dak yeah, and then you get a little bit further, right? And then it's like, oh, I can't believe Dak fucked up that pass. And then you get a little bit further, and then it's Dak fucking sucks. And then you get a little bit further, it's like, I hope they fucking trade his ass. Yeah, no, it, it's garbage. It's, like, it, it's just, I hope he gets into a plane wreck. It gets messy. It gets I, messy. It, it gets to the extreme. That really does. I see. So this is interesting, and this is not a tangent we were ready to go on, but let's. My. Uh, my toxicity levels on my my cowboys is pretty le it's pretty level headed, if you will. Like get some negative stuff. I'll see some stuff in the algorithm that's like do better, um, or I'll see some stuff where it's like Eagles tra Eagles fans trashing them, or like constructive criticism with a little mustard on top, which yeah. I love. Okay, but then but that but that's about it. That's my cowboys. That's good, dude. When I get to my Warriors. Twitter feed, it's my algorithm. Oh boy, that one is not nice. That one is very impolite. And those guys, um, fire everyone, fire Kerr, fire, uh, fire everyone. Just uh, fucking trade Draymond, trade Clay, trade everybody, trade, blow up the team, blow up everything. It's just, it's negative. And because there's so much more basketball, because it's, you know, more games. Yeah. Uh, there's more content. Ooh. So my algorithm, of course, I just get more of the the warriors stink and I don't like it. And here's why. And that's that's my my shit right now. Let me tell you. Ooh, it's, I it's, just, it's, it's great bad. because I see fans from all over, right? Like so if your team is winning, everyone's fucking happy. Like the the he, human nature to win and love the 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 feeling of winning is natural. Like and and to lose and hate the feeling of losing is also natural. So what I see happen is, it, say your team is winning, right? 
everybody loves everybody. Everybody's like, oh, Dub Nation, bro. Dub Nation, what? Curry's the he's the god. He's the god. Oh, Draymond can do, Draymond can do nothing wrong. Draymond he's the defensive player of the wrong. year. And then as as soon as the losses, the first couple, they don't mean anything, right? Fans can usually shrug those off. Ah, man, bad game, bad game, whatever. You start going down a few more losses, and then that's when shit starts to hit the fan. You start to see those people who are like, oh, man, I love Steph. He's he's the best. Hall of Fame. What about? And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, man, Steph's old as fuck. I don't, you know, you or, know the, like, the funny thing or, is? I'll say this. I'll say this. Steph is not um, – uh, he's definitely not unscathed. But the stuff I see for Steph is dumb shots, dumb turnovers, Bad decision making. Some of the stuff you probably see with Josh Allen, yeah. but I, I, um, I, that that's really where he's at. I don't see a lot of Steph is old. That's good. I see, I see Clay is ancient. I see Clay is washed. Uh, every everyone else is, I mean, level ten, level red. <laughs> uh, no one else is safe. For some reason, Steph is like again. He doesn't go on skate, but he does get. I, I would say maximum protection, if you will. He a lot for whatever reason. He doesn't get as bad as the other guys do. I, I think that that's fine to do because uh, the the fact is is that Steph has been around forever, and he's done great things, and he's got all those records. He's got the championships, and even though those Warrior teams were fantastic and great and amazing, if they were without one or more of those players involved, then they probably wouldn't have won the championship. Right? Oh, no chance. So Steph being Especially the, the, the focus point, I think deserves to be protected the most. And he is technically your franchise guy. And Clay's contract is definitely a concern. Draymond Green's oh. mental health is definitely a concern. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the dub, dub nation, especially, I'm going to pick on you guys right now because we're talking about you. You guys have got to fucking relax. You guys have multiple titles under your belt. No, you can't. You have do multiple that. titles. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. I have nothing. I have no, I no, you know what? That. I feel like Marv from Home Alone. Like, I just get the shaft every single corner <laughs> I turn, right? That's it. Like, I'm Marv from Home Alone. That's it. I, just, uh, I, I think that I got a plan, and then everything gets blown up in my face. You know what I mean? So, like, okay. Hey, change it, Change the name of this episode to Shout Out Marv from Home Alone. Marv from Home Alone. That he's getting Shout out. Like, the name of this episode is Shout Out Marv. <laughs> From Home Alone. That's where Home it's Alone. coming from. That's the name of this episode. Okay, Fans so are crazy. I love you all. Though. Few things. I think that the problem is the expectations versus reality is where we're at now, and the expectations were super high. And I, I don't want to do a ton of basketball stuff right now because we have the next five months to yeah. do that. But let me say this: the expectations for Warriors fans are incredibly high, especially coming off a championship the year before last. We're able to make excuses for this team that lost last year. This year, it's th- at the end of the day, and this is my opinion, 25 games in. The young talent is not stepping up. Wiggins has hit some type of weird mental block, which I think is he's been called out for in the past, where Jimmy Butler was basically like, yeah, that guy's pussy, which is one way to put it. And I'm not saying that. That's just what Jimmy Bucket said. But it, it, it's just there's this, weird, there's this weird thing going on with this team, again, where – they expected more out of Kuminga, and he shows signs, and then some games he's no-show. Clay looks like an absolute shell of itself, and then he'll have a game like last night where you're like, Clay still got it. 
Steph is, is putting up great numbers, but it's on high shooting nights where it's like, yeah, but he shot 24 shots to get to 20 points. Like, that's that's the shit that Kobe was doing in, like, his 17th yeah, and 18th yeah, year. And I was over here clowning him on this show saying, yeah, look how Kobe's getting his numbers. He's got to shoot 17, 18 shots to get there. So <laughs> that's a problem when your second leading scorer is, like, at a 17 or an 18, when they're used to them being at, like, a 24 or a 26. So it's, let, me, let, me, let me pose this question to you because, uh, uh, again, we got lots of time to talk basketball, but I'm already in the, mo- I'm in the moment right now. So I'm gonna do we're this. here. Is the reason the young – I see this across the board, right, across the league. All these guys that get picked in the top 10, whatever, typically if you get picked in the top 10, you should basically be a, a foregone conclusion of being a good player in the NBA. But I've noticed the trend is that more and more, even top five picks just fall through the cracks in the NBA. Is this a thing that it's just colleges – passing kids around like candy bars on Halloween, like the NIL stuff. Is this this the training that the kids are going through on their personal time? I I believe a lot of it, a lot of it falls into the structure that you fall into the culture of the team. How does it, what is the culture of the team? Is it losing? Is it winning? Is it a younger structure? Do you have vets there that control shit? Um, at the end of the day, if you're a top five lottery pick, that usually means you're going to a losing culture team, unless you're lucky and you end up being like a Wembenyama, where you know they've been losing recently, but they have a history of winning for 20 years. But for for the most part, I believe it it's it falls into the structure of the league. The the um, again, like wh- how is the leadership from the top on down, uh, and also. Can the kid figure it out at the next level? Because some kids take two, three years before they can really figure it out at the next level. And your athletic talent and your speed and your skill can only get you so far. And then you get into league and everybody else has that. But they're also just as fast as you or they're faster. They're just as strong as you or they're stronger. And they know, you know, and they know how to play. Yeah. So some of the, yeah. So some guys, it it just, it kind of is a case by case basis. But I think you do have um, – there is some validity there with what, what you're saying. Where I think if you took the last five years and the top five to six picks, there are some of them that just have been kind of bust. But that, but and, that and, also and falls across the board. It's not to say that they're not athletic freaks. It's not to say that they can't play the sport. And I'm talking – like, it, honestly, to me, this is like a, a absolute collegiate thing. Like, I see a lot of college players – Every team runs like a pretty similar offense now. It's always kind of like run and shoot, kind of like a little bit of West Coast, you know, a lot of spread. Quarterbacks are no longer six foot four, six foot five. They're six foot, you know, and stumpy like Jalen Hurts, you know, so you can kind of like get those runs and get those that those tush pushes. Like I see the receivers, receivers, we don't have Calvin Johnsons anymore, right? Calvin, we're, I think that's long, long gone are the days of the six foot four, six foot five receiver that can run like a fucking horse. This, I mean, there are some DeAndre Hopkins, there are some Major Browns. DK Metcalf is is uh, as far as like build similar, but still, uh, there's just traits that I see that players in the NBA and the NFL, especially young players, when they come into those leagues, they lack the fine tuning that other players that have come before them have seemingly had coming into the big league. You know, I see a lot of the uh, younger NBA guys, they come in and they're smaller stature, right? They're not no longer, you know, do you have your 190, 200 pound point guards? You know, your Isaiah Thomases are no longer, right? You have these really tiny, like 150, 165 pound point guards. They're six foot tall. 
and they can't take shots uh, in the paint because they're tiny and they're they're not as strong as a lot of these other guys. But they also lack the Kyrie ball handling skills. They lack the CP3 passing skills. They lack the Steph Deadeye shot. You know what I mean? There's they, there's just to me, it's like a training thing. It's uh, maybe like how they were brought up, like coming up through playing the sport that they eventually got into. But I see it as a major issue. I really do. Let me let me give you the past. <clears throat> I'm I'm gonna go eight on these. Um, last eight picks in the 2022 draft. So you got Paulo Banchero, who I believe has done pretty well in the Magic. He's, He's been all right. Shed Holmgren, too. Injured. Right? Injured. Yeah, he's, he's, had, he's had a bit of a bounce back this year, but yeah. Jabari Smith. Meh. Nah. Keegan Murray. I mean, I I can tell you right now, I can go 10 minutes on how disappointed Sacramento is 100%. on Keegan Murray. I go 10 minutes on it. Uh, Jaden Ivey at five. That's another one. Another disappointment. Benedict Marther and uh, Pacers. I don't even he, think he's getting any playing time. He's had a couple good games, especially last year. Like he, he, but again, he's just a scorer. He doesn't defend. I don't want to know Pacers basketball. I guess so. Maybe, I, maybe I'm speaking out. But even this um, year, you're right though. This year, not not getting the playing time so he was last year. Uh, here's the one that you and I love. Uh, seven Shade and Sharp. He balling. Yes, Shane, Shane Sharp, but again, even with the talent that he has, he's still, like, putting up collegiate numbers. But that's the seventh. That, now we're the, the seventh overall pick. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's and true. The Pelicans, Good point. The Pelicans, Dyson Dale, uh, I feel like he is getting no playing time at all. I could be wrong. So that's just the tw- – that's, that's 2022. Now let's do one more because we're doing uh, – we're doing real uh, lottery picks. <laughs> NBA. Where this is after this, we're going straight into the. And while you're looking up what you're looking, I'm just going to remind everybody that I've read some articles about the outcoming uh, collegiate like top ten, and honestly, a lot of major sports writers and and news outlets don't even know who these guys are. Like right, they don't. Is... They're not big names. They, they <laughs> don't have a lot thing. behind them. This All right, let's go. Thing. Let's let's see what's up. Uh, pace. Uh, number one, Pistons. Cade Cunningham. Uh, up and down. Yeah. Up and down. Up and down. Two, Jalen Green. Fresno. I'm not gonna shit on him, Yeesh. but I I'm not gonna shit on him. He's he's had some inconsistencies. Uh, Cavs. Three, Evan Mobley. I mean, I think he's had an All Star run. Yeah, he at least he's all one right. All Star run. Raps. Four, Scotty Barnes. He's played pretty well. He's Barnes has had. Well. He was Sixth Man of the Year not too long ago. So. Uh, five, Magic. Jalen Suggs. Uh, pretty inconsistent. Inconsistent. Thunder six, Josh Giddy. I don't think we should be speaking. No, nah, I think that him I, right now we'll just walk away from it, that yeah, one. We're gonna we're, we're gonna leave that alone for we're, right now. We'll come back to that one. Uh, <laughs> Kuminga at seven. There's there's Kuminga right and there down. at seven. And, and down. Uh, more you're, down you're the up, professional on him. Come on, no more more down than up. There we go. And then and then here's here's probably what I would say is one of the best best of this draft. Uh, Franz Wagner eight for the Magic. He's definitely useful. He's, He's really good. Yeah. And then you got Davion Mitchell, uh, nine, another enormous Kings disappointment. So you might be right, Jess. There's been a lot of lottery picks that have been hit and miss. And again, I, you look at those teams that I've been saying, though, when you look at the Pistons and That's you look true. at the Rockets and you look at you know, the Magic, these are teams that are just they're losing culture. So you got to hope that you bring in someone that can turn the wheel around. If I'm going to say this. If I had three years of a top three lottery pick, such as like the Rockets and the Pistons have had in just recent memory, 
and you couldn't turn that team around in two to three years, I would, if I was the GM, I would fire every single coaching staff I had and I would rehire everybody. There would be no stopping me. I would go on a murderous like, row. You're like the I, I would just be, I would, I would fold up their pink slips like paper airplanes and just throw it at them and be like, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. You're fired. You're fired. I don't like Everyone. you. I don't like you. I don't like you. You're cool. I don't like you. No, fuck you. Get out. Put your put your shit in the box. <laughs> Everything you can fit into this box is going with you. Everything 100%. You can't fit the box is ours. Uh, Jess, let's hit some UFC let's here. Let's do, let's, do some co- let's do some combat sports. Let's get into some tomfoolery here, if you will. I don't think we've done a show since the bare knuckle brawl. We didn't get a chance to recap that. There's a lot of stuff that we should be getting into, but Haney, the Haney fight last week, which just blew my mind, but let's keep it moving. We've got UFC 296 this weekend. This has been such a weird week because there was a fight that was pulled that had a lot of like big drama show, but I don't know how much of the big drama show is X, Twitter, Instagram, social media fueled, and how much of it is actual like substance. So, uh, you know the fight that I'm referring to here, Jess. No, what fight is this? I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, I forgot the, the the name of the kid. What's the name of the kid that was supposed to be? On oh, the Ian Gary. Gary, that's right. So, so he, there was some controversy. I guess there were a lot of people that were picking on him and picking on his, his significant other and his family. There were just people being really rude to him on the internet. And I think there were some rumblings. And again, this could just be all Twitter talk where it's like, hey, he may not be showing up to the press conferences because he's not in a great space mentally. Like, like what are those things? I do remember hearing something about that. Okay, so then he ends up pulling out of the fight, but Dana says he's pulling out of the fight because like the flu, right? Illness, yeah, yeah. He got an illness. pneumonia, but pneumonia. We're gonna we, let's 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 leave that be here, Jess. We got we're we're a little crunch for time, so we'll keep it moving here. The prelims are fun. It's good to see Corey uh, Cody Garbrandt fighting again. Is he gonna get I'm knocked a, out again? I don't think so because he's fighting Brian Keller, who does have some pop. Brian, Brian Keller is a tough. He's a tough sob. He's he reminds me a lot of Josh Emmett. But why? Because he's bald and yeah. white and has a beard. Okay, that makes and, he, sense. and he's yeah, he's wrestler, <laughs> wrestler based. <laughs> it's very fair. But no, uh, yeah, just to create a fighter, just fucking just hit that, hit that random create a fighter button, and boom, pump him out. Let's go. But no, uh, I hope to see uh, Cody do positive things. I also like Alonzo Manyfield, but I see he's an enormous underdog here to Dustin Jacoby. But Jess, we're hitting the main card. One of our favorite fighters. He's a freedom fighter. He loves America. He's a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. Bryce Mitchell is back. And he is fighting Josh Emmett. Uh, Josh Emmett, I believe, is a slight dog on this. Slight dog. Who you got? Uh I've got I've got Emmett in this fight. I I, oh. I know that Bryce is is kind of on a roll right now. But and, and I know that the power of of Trumpers everywhere are going to be united with both Colby and Bryce fighting on the same main card, <laughs> arm in arm. I mean, it's going to be wild, right? But uh, I USA chants are going to be heavy. Josh has the heavy hands, which he has shown in the past. He's got the hugely he, the huge advantage of the the very talented wrestling base. And I've always held a standard as far as like, I think BJJ can basically be any form of, of martial arts except for wrestling. I feel like it's almost like maybe a 60, 40 edge to wrestling because wrestlers are so strong and powerful on the ground. It's very hard to control them when they're trying, when they're most likely able to control you, which is how I see this fight going. 
I think Josh won't get caught by anything on the ground. I think there's going to be some ground and pound. It'll go to a decision. Emmett wins. If Josh can keep this fight standing, I think he could fucking knock Bryce out. I think I, you're right. I don't He's got disagree heavy with hands, you. dude. He's got heavy hands. Um, Bryce just has those long ass, lanky arms, man. He and, he's, and he's and he's and he's really converted his wrestling, where he's able to get good little trip takedowns. Like I don't, I don't believe he's as one dimensional as he was even two or three years ago. Yeah, I like Bryce slightly here. I think he wins two out of the three rounds, but I would not be surprised if Josh catches him. Uh, Tony Ferguson, who we love, who's on, I believe, a seven-fight losing streak. I haven't done the math on this. He is here to It's actually eight. A... He just lost to me in beer pong last week, so. Oh, that's a hell of a... Yeah, you, couldn't, you couldn't do the job on that no, one, No, couldn't get it done. Oh, I was really hoping. You... Listen, just sometimes <laughs> you got kids. You got to know when that's to right. lose. Yeah, no you got to know. This isn't you playing your son in competitive basketball <laughs> in, the, in the driveway. You got to fucking hit him with that Draymond flailing forearm to calm him down because the score is getting a little tight. Um, I believe uh, Ferguson is a sacrificial lamb. I'm not excited about talking about this fight. Um, I don't like him in any aspect here. I am basically illustrating my pick early. He is taking on Patty the Batty Pimblet. Jesse, you got uh, I am going to absolutely piggyback off of what you just said and probably will be about to say. I think Patty Pimblett is the guy. Everybody wants him to be successful. He's got the attitude, a good personality. He's fun to watch. He's fun to listen to when he's spitting his shit at the mic. And Tony Ferguson is a longtime legend, and I will use that word. He is a legend in the sport, and he's just at that it, that tail end of his career where he's going to get used like the UFC has done with so many other legends at the end of their, their careers as feast for fodder. Uh, Patty Pimblett wins this. I think he wins it pretty easily. Uh, I'm going to say first round TKO. Wow. Um, I think he's got, a, I, I think Tony's got three rounds in him, and I think he's slick enough to stay away from Patty um, I don't believe Patty's going to use any wrestling here. I, I'm going to do the same thing here. So here's basically, this is, uh, here's where I'm at with almost every fight. I'm rooting for the guy that I think is going to lose. I'm rooting for Tony. I think he's going to lose. Maybe I'm being too sweet right now, but I'm thinking he's going to last all three rounds. I think he's going to be able to avoid Patty's big right hand. Um, Patty does throw a good hook as well, though. Uh, I think Tony can even win one of these rounds just doing Tony shit, but I I don't I don't like him in this fight, and I I got Patty the Batty via decision, just the widest spread that I see here. I am shocked by this spread. I see a plus four fifty for Wonderboy and a minus six fifty for Shav- for Shavkat Rakhnamov. You and I have been all over Rakhnamov for a minute now. Pretty easy to jump on a guy that hasn't lost. Pretty easy to jump on a guy who just finishes everybody. This doesn't seem like a laid down fight for him, Jess. This seems like a tough fight. Uh, who you got? This seems like Vegas trying to trick people with some crazy odds because I'm telling you, man, like they should not be like that. And I'm going to tell you why. 
first of all, I think that this fight is made for Wonder Boy to win, and I'm picking Wonder Boy to win this fight. I think this Ooh. is this is this is where he shines in those fights where he's the underdog, where yeah, he's the guy top. that people don't talk about. They he's the forgotten guy. Everybody lately in the news and the media of MMA has been talking about how he's so much older now and can he keep up with these youngsters. That is when Stephen Thompson is the most dangerous. He showed it time and time again. The times Stephen Thompson can uh, come in close but not finish are technically those title fights or those number one contender fights. He just doesn't seem to be able to pull those all together. This is just one of those, you know, people aren't taking me seriously. I'm going to go in there and show this youngster what I got. Javkat uh, Rachmanov is a fantastic young guy in, in the fight game. I think that a loss to Wonderboy does nothing to hurt or derail his start. As a matter of fact, sometimes I feel like getting that first loss kind of helps make you a better fighter to begin with anyway. So I'm going Stephen Thompson. I'm going uh, decision. It's going to be a hard-fought fight, but it's going to be really fun. Wonderboy comes out on top. The thing with my theme here, I'm actually, I love both these guys, but I am rooting for Wonder Boy here. I, I can paint a scenario where he can paint by numbers and win this fight, just threes and fours, in and out, bull matador. Don't let Rockmanov catch you with that big punch. Catch him off guard. Take him down. You know, shoot takedowns when you're looking when he's looking to strike and strike when he's looking to grapple. Uh, just, you know, just uh, use a little bit of a higher fight IQ because you're the more experienced guy. But I don't think that's going to happen. We have seen Thompson caught in the past. We have seen him knocked out in the past. And I think uh, Rockenmoff just has unbelievable power. Knockout power at this weight class. And uh, I think he does hit Wonder Boy on the button at some point in the second or third round. I like Shevat by knockout. Jeff, this fight makes me horn. I'm not gonna lie. This, this, this is this MMA fight. horn right here. I sure. love this fight. This has fight of the year to close the show written all over it. Pantoja, the raw dog. The raw dog. Roy Val. This is another guy, Jesse. You know me. I've been on the raw dog train since he's been in the UFC, getting beat in an incredibly fun and competitive fights. With that said, Jess, who you got? I got the champ, man. The champ is the champ for a reason. Uh, Pandoja has come up through the ranks. He's gotten better each fight. He's kind of figured out like how to use his strengths uh, and how to defend his weaknesses or even to hide his weaknesses during fights. Uh, the last fight that he had was against uh, Moreno. I believe it was Moreno when he, he beat Moreno for the championship. It was just one of those fights where I'd never seen a champion get beat that bad. Like Moreno was beat badly. He didn't look good in that fight. Pantoja was an aggressor the entire fight. He did. He took the fight to him the entire time. And I think that Roy Val is tough. And as raw dog as he is, he's not going to be able to handle the pressure that the champ is going to bring in this fight. I don't think there's going to be a stoppage. I think it's going to go all rounds. I think it's going to be a unanimous decision, though. Both these guys are hugely tough competitors. None of, none of these guys are going to quit in this fight. I guarantee it. But the champ remains the champ. Yeah, rooting for Raw Dog, but I do believe that Pantoja is just uh, a little bit better on the floor. When I say a little bit, I feel like I'm I'm being gracious, and he's probably a lot better if it hits the mat and if they end up getting into a real good grappling match. Raw Dog's got to keep it standing. He's got to hope that he can use that speed and catch uh, Pantoja. We've seen Pantoja caught before. 
We've seen him in scenarios where he's been, uh, you know, a little bit hurt, if you will, injured. Um, I've seen him in fights with Moreno where Moreno hurt him but couldn't finish him. I'm going Pantoja. I think he gets a stoppage here in the championship rounds. I think he gets a stoppage here at some point in the fourth or fifth round. So I'm going to lean fourth. All right, Jess. We've got our main event. We've got possibly the biggest heel in all combat sports. Uh, you know, Colby really is unique. He leans into a cringe slash it's impossible to root for you area. Um, but I'm still rooting for him. Colby Covington, <laughs> Leon Edwards. Leon is a slight Leon is a slight favorite, which honestly kind of surprises me considering the way that I've heard some experts leaning this week. Uh, with that said, Jess, who you got? So first of all, I want to say that I am typically, and you've heard me say it on the show before, if you've ever listened, I don't like the brashness. I don't like the the crazy shit talk. Like, talking shit's one thing, right? Like, saying you're going to bust a dude up or whatever, that's one thing. Start talking about another man's wife or family or kids or, or what. Crossing like, the you Start crossing lines, crossing baby. Line. Start crossing lines. Next thing you know, I'm at your vehicle in the parking lot outside of the, the weigh-ins instead of meeting you in the front on the weigh-in scale. It's a um, hubit- He's a habitual line crosser who once again crossed the line into an area which is just disagreeable. But this is this is work for Colby. Uh, he's made money off of this shtick. He's gotten big fights off of this shtick. As a matter of fact, I don't even think that he belongs in this fight right now. But he's here. And Leon Edwards, he needed an opponent. Everybody else was injured or sick or just couldn't. Whatever happened, happened. And Colby Covington was the obvious next man up, and he's here. I love the fact that he showed up dressed like George fucking Washington to the weigh-ins, knowing that Leon Edwards is a Brit, and like, there's obvious, like, yeah, I'm done. I don't have to make the huge connections there for you, hopefully, folks, but I just thought that that kind of shit talk is pretty funny, and I got a kick out of it. With that being said, I think Leon Edwards wins this fight. <laughs> Leon, Leon Edwards... I think at this point in time in his career, he is the he is at the top of his game. He has done everything that he can possibly. I think that his ceiling is right now. After this fight, maybe another fight, he will he will you'll start to see a drop. But Colby, we've already seen kind of up and down. We know that he's a he's a great wrestler. We know that he does have some punch and some power in those punches. But Colby, I've never seen put together in, an absolute like contest from front from start to finish like i've seen him finish people that's great lots of guys can finish people i've seen him get finished but i've never seen him put together the smarts with the athleticism he usually comes in tries to bull rush guys um i think leon edwards is at the top of his game right now i think that he goes in there he's gonna mix up kicks he's gonna mix up punches leon also has some power let's not forget that he's a little bit maybe not as big as colby like muscular wise but Leon's knocked people out before. He can do it again. I don't think that that's how this fight ends. I think, again, it's going to go wild finish. Leon Edwards remains and still champ. Yeah, you know, piggybacking off of everything you say, anytime someone comes with 1776 smack, I'm always going to be all in. Um, <laughs> but, he, you know, he did the he did the your dead dad take, and that to me is Yeah, tasteless. no, I can't. Nah. It's tasteless, and that's... 
you know, it's. <clears throat> I'm glad you brought this up, Jess, because I was gonna go on this tangent, but you beat me to it. So no, do it, friend. Please, no, you beat finish. me to it. You, no, just echoing what you said, just massaging in what you said. You, you can have fun. You can talk shit. You can be a wrestling heel. You, but what there's a there's a line you just cannot cross. And even with the the wife stuff, the you know, the girlfriend stuff, I guess I'm kind of okay with because she's just your girlfriend. Yeah. But when you talk about someone's wife and they got a family and they got kids, like you're now you're stepping the line. Yeah. And now and now you're doing the the the, the dead dad thing. Now you're at a habitual line stepper. And it's and it's tough. It's different. It's it just makes it difficult for people to root for you unless they're like really big Colby fans. And if you even if you're a really big Colby fan, unless you're like 16, like I don't, I can't see where you'd be like, yeah, that's cool. That was a good one. That got got him. Like I just I, can't see it. I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, echoing what you said, you know, when this fight was announced and as the the few weeks have, have went, I was like, this is a perfect fight for Colby. Just stylistically, this is a great fight for him. But as we've gotten closer to the fight, I start to wonder if he's going to have issues taking a Leon down because Usman did. And, I, you know, it's funny, when we recapped Usman... Uh, versus Edwards, I don't know if you remember, Jess, I fell asleep during that fight because it, it was boring to me because because <laughs> Usman was getting taken down a bunch. And I yeah. was like, Why Edwards taking him down? This is boring. Um, but I went and watched it back because ESPN has just been randomly showing it this week. So I, I had it on in the background, started watching it during work, and I was like, you know what? This is pretty fucking impressive if you think about it. This is a real feather in his hat, but also an, an incredible amount of confidence that you're going to gain when you realize, oh, this is one of the best grapplers in the world, and I'm able to beat him in his own game. I'm able to, he, he took him down, he kept him down for like a, a full round, I think, if not two. So, um, I, you know, if, if he's able to subtract, if he's able to negate Colby's takedowns, that, that's enormous. That's enormous. And that's going to fuck with Colby's confidence. And I think at some point, at some point in this fight, during these 25 minutes, if, if Edwards is able to keep it standing, he will not Colby out. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. He is at some point going to catch Colby because Colby has a very loose defense. And uh, he's, you know, when you get late into fights, like in that fourth or fifth round versus Usman, he, he just is his defense kind of withered away and he was there to get, he was susceptible to punch to strikes, to punches and kicks. I think you can get away with that a little bit with Usman. I don't think you can get away with that with Edwards. You know, he truly is a kill shot guy. Um, I think he is going to knock Colby out sometime in the fourth round. Don't think he's going to make it to five. Maybe he makes it to five. I don't believe Colby survives this fight unless somehow, and I was thinking about this, Jess, you know, the old the old school boss rooting theory, you know, this is my natural weight class. I'm better at fighting at my natural weight class, the Diaz theory, if you will, right? I don't want to go, I don't, I don't like cutting 25 pounds. I like coming in, you know, I weigh about 170, 172, 173, so me coming in at 170, or, you know, my, me coming in at that weight ain't shit. It's easy for me. Is it 170 or 185, Jess? I'm spacing right now. It's 170, right? Uh, Walter Wade's 170. Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, I'm, uh, that's where I'm at. I think maybe if he's able to just do the Colby Covington, I think of the RDA fight. 
where he's able to just really make it a phone booth fight and just be up in his shit, up in his chest, really keeping it a tight, tight fight and an ugly grappling, grappling fuck pumped up against the cage type of fight. If he's able to do that, now we're talking. If he's able to do that, I can see him winning three of the five rounds, sneaking out without getting knocked out. His pace type of fight, if you will, right? If he's able to keep the fight as, at his type of pace and remain at that pace for the five rounds, yeah, he can do it. But I think that's going to be very difficult, and I, and I don't believe he's going to be able to do it. I like Edwards at via knockout. Yeah. No, that's... I, that does it for the UFC. That the UFC 296 is this uh, this Saturday. Uh, Pay per view. Uh, the prelims. If you have ESPN Plus, which uh, some of the prelims honestly look like they could be good. So I am going to tune in uh, from my booth at work on ESPN Plus. Uh, this is not we're... this is not an endorsement of, P- of ESPN Plus because even after all these years, they still kind of suck. But yeah, the fights are free. Yes. Uh, they, here is me being upfront and honest. They have a shitty app, which is unbelievable to me because they are connected to the Disney app, which I never have issues with. Now, maybe it's because I don't stream live sports on Disney Plus, but I seem to have issues anytime I stream fights on the ESPN Plus platform. Whether it is through their app on my television, whether it is through my app on the phone. Um, streaming it to my television, fucking mirroring it, whatever we're calling it, it gives me fits. So uh, y'all are making a lot of money off of us, and y'all just raised the price of that shit again. Yes, you did. So uh, why don't you fucking uh, work them bugs out for us over there, intelligent (laughs) tech guys? Uh, Jess, I've got the spreads up here, and of course, as always, we're using alliance.com. It utilizes all your favorite gambling websites. Caesars, BetMGM, FanDuel, DraftKings, BetRivers. There's a new one, Fliff. Who knows who that is? They always have one at the end that's interchangeable as the season goes on. I probably probably won't utilize that one. But, Jess, I want to spend maybe (laughs) 20, 30 seconds talking about Coach Daly because he has been relieved of his duties. It looks like I'm trying to find that. The GM has also. Oh, has he? I'm trying to yes. find the true Twitter verification. So I, 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 found I, just, I read it. Yes, it's it's been verified. The Chargers, it. the Chargers have fired Staley and they fired the GM. Uh, I didn't read into the article as far as the who's being replaced. I'm sure that you know it's going to be an assistant coach for on the field. And as far as GM, who knows, right? But they'll figure all that shit out like in the off season. Uh, you know who a good head coach is that's available at the end of the season? Uh, the guy that I've been saying, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. Yeah, Bill Belichick's available, L.A., and you might want to look into it because you have a hell of a fucking quarterback on your team, a hell of a defense, and some pretty decent offensive weapons, and you bring a coach like Bill Belichick over, maybe shit happens. I don't know. I'm just saying. Let's not be stupid for once in your franchise. Like, let's let's make some smart, some, some smart deals. Shout out Chargers Reddit, who has replaced their front page that says, Welcome to Reddit Chargers, the subreddit dedicated to phone chargers, Phone charger accessories and nothing else. <laughs> very, very good. Well, I am seen here. Uh, yeah, Tom Telesco. Oh, Jesus. You know, Jess, I hate to say I told you so, and I hate to say where I was right, but this is one of those unique scenarios where I said they should have shit canned this guy after that Jacksonville debacle. They did not. And now here you are cleaning this mess in week 
15, I think we just said yeah, it is. Yeah, 15. Eesh. And, and, and now, not only that, when you go into the layers of it all, okay? So whatever great coaches that were available at the end of last year, like let's say Sean Payton, who maybe you're not a fan of, but I'm sure would have looked at that job and went, oh, I'm already an L.A. guy and I'm just going to stay in L.A. Yeah, I think I'll take that job. Oh, there's already quarterback here. Cool. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Kind of the Drew Brees thing. Yeah. I'll just I'll stay here for ten years. Now it's gonna be the same thing that every team is gonna be doing: Harbaugh or bust. You're either shooting for Harbaugh, you're shooting for Belichick, which I think I love still, and or you're shooting for that. We're looking for the next that young college. We're looking for the next McVay. We're looking for, you know. Do you think any chance that they give that job to Kellen Moore? I don't think he got fired, did he? No, Kellen Kellen Moore. I think is actually taking over the reins right now. I think that's he will head coach for the rest of the season for sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, but again, I'm gonna be honest about Kellen Moore too. Like, and you know Kellen from his Dallas Cowboy days as well as being the OC and quarterbacks guy and all that stuff. I think that he is a young up and coming coach, but I don't think that he's head coach material yet. He hasn't shown me that he can completely take control of an offense from the X's and O's side of the board and have that like correlate to the field. So like until that happens, I I would not be like, oh hey, like if Kellen wins, you know, three of the last like, you know, three of the last four or two of the last three or whatever there's left remaining, I wouldn't be comfortable saying, Hey, let's just keep Kellen here. Like I would I prefer Kellen Moore to be in that assistance seat for at least another year. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, shout out to Skip Bayless, who loves to shit on Kellen Moore and has made it a point to shit on him uh, like the last 24 hours in tweets. But, um, you know, it's kind of tough when you leave and now all of a sudden Dak's being talked about as the MVP and the, and the quarterback you're coaching hasn't had the season they thought he would um that team hasn't had you know they just have not lived up to their expectations you know not to spend too much more time on it because we'll do a lot of this during the off season but i'm 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 really interested in what happens if they can't land belichick's what happens if that owner who i believe is notoriously cheap when it comes to hiring coaches says no i don't want to pay belichick upwards of whatever he would demand at another job i would rather hire within or hire or promote kellen moore or bring somebody over like i said a younger defensive-minded coach i i don't know but it'll be interesting to see the shake here jess um the the thing about belichick real quick is he could come with a few high demands from the franchise such as having part control over the GM area and like drafting and give them both of those jobs. And so, I mean, give them both of those jobs. So that's the thing, like a a franchise that is kind of proud and they may be looking for that next step. I'm not sure what franchise would be willing to give 70 year old Bill Belichick and his 25 year old wife control over the franchise. Well, keep in mind too here, Jess, his son. Wherever he goes, he's bringing his son. That's Not a lot. Son is that's shitty, a, but he's that's a lot of cocaine right there. Yeah, but boy, is it? He's got his own people. <laughs> he's got his guys that he likes, and wherever he goes, he's gonna want to bring a handful of them. You know that that's that's just how it works with Belichick. That's how it works with all coaches. They it's got true. a stable of dudes. That's where you come up with that bring them up. coaching tree. 
That's it. Yeah. That's it. And I was already hearing that they were talking about Gerard Mayo just staying and, and being the next uh, Patriots coach. I mean, that works for them. All right, Jess, we have a, a handful of bad games. Yeah, let's, let's bust these, through some of these games. I know these. some of these have playoff imp- implications. I'm here to tell you that I don't care. Uh, I see Minnesota a four to a three-point dog across the board. They are traveling to Cincinnati. Browning has been playing better than expected, Jess. Three-point favorites across the board at home. Who you got? This Vikings team just won three to zero, and it took them a last-second field goal to even get the three. I think that Jake Browning and the Bengals can put up more points than that. I'm taking the Bengals in the points. Yeah, the the Dobbs thing, that ended weird. Uh, I like the Bengals. I like the points. This feels like first one to 17 wins. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they're a bit of a mess. I don't want to say that they are spiraling yet, but they might possibly be spiraling. Uh, I saw one and a half points right now. My screen just jumped on me, Jess. Apologies. I saw one and a half points. There it is. One and a half point favorite, the Indianapolis Colts. That is across the board. They are at home. Jess, who you got? Um, I I think I've I've heard a lot of talk about how like the Colts are kind of like the hotter team right now. But I, unlike you, my friend, I can't go against the Tomlin coach team, especially one that's got potential playoff spots on the line i'm I'm going steelers and uh i mean i'm going to take the points i think steelers cover i i feel like my prediction that i peeled back on last week and was apologizing over i'm now starting to feel still has a little bit of a pulse so maybe my apology was a little premature uh because i can see them fucking around and losing out here um, I like the Colts. I like the points. This might be another first to seventeen. Minshew mania, brother. And and uh, and would you be surprised if Minshew fucks around and plays himself into a contract next year for a team? No, he will. He'll be the next Nick Foles. Like he's gonna con- consistently yeah, play decent enough. I don't. To get, I don't like, know where. I can't tell you numbers. fucking where. Let's say Atlanta strikes out on. I swear uh, to God, I was just thinking field. Atlanta. <laughs> Let's say they strike out on getting fields. Why don't they fucking take a shot at me? Yeah. Why wouldn't they? All right. So the Denver Broncos, I see four, four and a half point dogs across the board. So we'll keep it at four and a half. They're facing your favorite coach and the Detroit Lions who are playing uh, for some type of wild card positioning, I believe, Jess, who you got? Yeah, so the former, what, they were, I believe, the number one seed like a week ago or something, and then they, they lost terribly. I still like Bro Campbell and the Detroit Lions. I think that, that time has caught up to them, and, like, you know, reality is setting in that, you know, they're good. They're a good, exciting team, but they're not a great, exciting team. But I think for I, – I know for a fact that they are better than the Broncos. And the Broncos have been winning games, but they're, they're not beating great teams. And uh, I think their biggest thing is is that, like, the Russell Wilson, the Cortland Sutton show, it, the, the Lions will pick up on that, that he's the only one that Russell Wilson will throw the ball to, and they'll shut that down. And so I'm taking the Lions and the points. I think the points are just about right. I think it's probably a six-point yep. win. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I want as much as I want to pull the trigger on a Denver upset here. 
I still think the Lions are playing for a little bit more here. Uh, and I think that uh, that Lions front seven is going to give Denver a little bit of fits here. And I think we're, we're going to have a little bit of a, of a regression here from Russ, a, a regression game, if you will, where we get that. Not necessarily a high turnover game out of him, but just a high turnover game out of the Broncos. Three turnovers, it'll lead to like 10 points, and that'll be the difference. I like Detroit, and I like the points. The Atlanta Falcons, they are playing the Carolina Panthers, the worst team in the league. The, 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 Atlanta, the Atlanta Panthers, what's wrong with me? The Atlanta Falcons <laughs> are a three-point favorite on the road across the board, Jess. Who you got? Yeah, I mean, the Panthers are, in fact, the worst team in football. Like, there's no, there's no way around it, right? The Falcons are a middling team. Uh, I think that they have enough in the tank. I know that Bijan Robinson's been getting a few more touches, which is good. And Drake London having a breakout game last week, 172 fucking yards receiving, went crazy. I think that if they just throw the ball up a lot and then just get Bijan Robinson involved in the backfield offense, I think they win this game pretty easily. Are Atlanta any better this time? Are Atlanta any better right now than they were last time this year? I believe the answer is no. I believe they were right around six, seven wins yeah. this time last year, and they're right around six or seven wins this time this year. They'd be bad teams that are in their division, so it looks like they have good years, but the reality is that when it, a lot of their losses are to teams that are equal or better. Uh, I, with that said, I like Atlanta. I like the points. The Chicago Bears are a three-point dog across the board. Three seems to be pretty common this week. Vegas is being lazy. They are playing the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland at home, three-point favorite. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to shock you right now. I'm going to take the Bears. I think the Bears win in the cover. I think that the Browns with Joe Flacco, I think that's reasonable. Like, I mean, Flacco's... He's he's doing his his best as far as not turning the ball over a lot. And That's it. He's not That's he's it. not going to make big splash plays downfield. But I I just don't think that I think that in this uh, I think that the Browns defense has been kind of worn out through the season. They've been leaned on very heavily this year to stay in games or even try to win games. I think that the defense is not going to be able to handle Justin Fields. And I'm telling you, the Bears, if they're smart, and they showed it last week, they'll let Justin Fields just take the fuck off and run. That's his bread and butter. That's what keeps the defenses safe and 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 keeps them up front because now you got to have spies. Justin Fields isn't a terrible quarterback, right? Like, he's just, in my opinion, he's not necessarily highest IQ, but he's also not in a great system for him. I think the Bears need to let him loose this week, and I think that they will. DJ Moore racks up yards. Justin Fields racks up some yards. Bears win. You know, I talk about the culture earlier this show with the basketball stuff, and I don't think that that Bears culture organizationally has fit him well, and I think they've just had a really weird year with their staff. You know, Eberflus has been questioned left and right. They got rid of two different coaches. Or Didn't the they coach- have a dude who got caught with, like, they don't know. That's, they, they, thought, they, thought, they thought he had some questionable stuff. There was never a confirmation. I think the, the powerhouse that is the NFL made it all disappear. Yeah. Like and then Elon they, and Musk. Then they made they him just, disappear. And then they made him disappear. He's fucking laying next to Jimmy Hoffa, buried somewhere, <laughs> Lord knows where. Then they had another coach that got fired for like harassing women. Yes. Like, were, was wasn't just, that a Chargers coach? I don't remember. I swear I it was a Chargers coach. But... That went to the Bears? No, uh, 
It was the Bears that's right. coach. It was a bear, that's right. It was like a special teams coach. Dude, yeah, I'm telling you, they've lost a bunch of people within their staff. Man, this is when we need to have our boy Chris W. Powers. Yes. Shut that fucker out all year. Hasn't shown up once. You got to show up here just to explain what the fuck's going on with your team, pal. Um, I, let me ask you this, Jess, and we're spending a lot of time on bad teams. Yes. That's what we do. Uh, do you think the Bears take a fuck gamble and keep Justin Fields next year, or do they go fuck that? That Williams kid is a once in a generation talent. We're not gonna we're not gonna take a chance for drafting him. No, I, I think I I would put money that, that Justin Fields is a Chicago Bear next season. And they take and they take the Williams. Kid, no, I don't think don't... I don't think they take I don't think they take quarterback. You I think are, I think wow. if, if if you want to make a successful You're blowing team out my of this, mind right now. If you want to make success, success, if you want to make a success out of this franchise. Yeah, there's no one on the defensive side of the ball that's going to make any moves for you in the draft. There's nobody. There's offensive tackles that you could get. You there's offensive linemen that you could get to protect. But if I'm the Chicago Bears, you have DJ Moore on one side. You have Cole Met down there who's had a decent year at the tight end position. You have two to three decent serviceable running backs. You know what you need? You need a wide receiver number two. You know who's out there? Marvin Harrison fucking Jr. Yeah. And you take I uh that's a that's a that's a highly loaded up fucking offense. I heard a theory last week that Marvin Harrison Jr. might stay if the NIL money I heard equals what he would get uh prorated on a twelve game NFL schedule. I, I'm starting to really hate college football. Just, by the way, I, which no. surprises me because you're a college football guy. Wow, can... but let's leave it be. That's for another show. Yeah. Uh, I okay. So first of all, I think you're wrong. I think that they see that that there are too many people on this kid is a once in a once in a generation talent. Next Andrew Luck. Next this. Next that. And I think the Bears go all in on him. And I think that they find they give themselves a decent pick. For fields, I don't think it'll be a first. I think it'll be a second because there's only one year left on. What do they do? Maybe trade Justin Fields to the Panthers for the number one pick because the Panthers are going to have Falcons. No, they have the number one pick already. Oh, that's right. They have the Panthers uh, through the Cardinals or something like that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they have the number one pick already. So no matter what, they get they're getting a shot at Williams. So they'll have that pick as well as like six or seven. So I think the theory was for for the Bears fans that and, and I know we ran this theory on the show when the Bears stink. Was they were gonna do field? Or they were gonna do Williams yeah. and Harrison, Harrison one and two, one and two. But now with all this talk about Harrison Jr. staying, who who fucking knows what happens? And now, like you said, with you hating college football, this is where it gets really interesting uh, because this could be a scenario where, let's say, a team like the Panthers is at like five or six or seven. I'm just throwing a really bad team out there. And they go and they go, hey, we're gonna, you know, they're calling his agent, and his agent goes, No, nah, actually, he's not gonna play for you. He's just gonna stay. No, he's gonna stay for his sixth senior year. You know, he's gonna be a sixth year. Take that NI, take that NIL money and just keep fucking tagging bags, tagging bat, tagging fucking hotties at the OU and doing his thing. <laughs> it's in play. Um, it is in all play. right, Jess. So uh, with all that said, I like the Browns. I like the points. Cool. I think the Bears are struggling. I think that uh Fields has a great game, and then he shows uh, that he can be a turnover machine when he tries to make too much happen. But if I am the Bears, I am trying my hardest to protect him because, one, he is an asset that we might trade. Two, I do want more tape out there for a GM to salvate and go see we can fix him. See, he is good. Look. All right. The Houston the Texans, who have struggled a little bit here as we get down the stretch, are taking on the Tennessee Titans. 
Billy Jean, still our lover. <laughs> he did our Jen, shit. Billy Jean uh, in one game went from fighting with DeAndre Hopkins to hugging him because he caught a, a game-winning touchdown. I am so in on the fire and the passion of Billy Jean. Uh, Jess, who, uh, three points across the board for Tennessee at home, which surprises me. Who you got? No, you know what? I'm I, I, I'm going to go the safe route. I'm going to take the home team. And the, wow. re- the reason being is because I think Stroud is, is, out, is right? questionable to out. He's, I don't think he's been ruled out completely, but – he just had the head injury and some other stuff going on. He's, you know, he's a tough kid, man. And sometimes you just got to sit that franchise guy, right? Like he's having some issues health wise. Yeah. Got to take care of him. This is We're there's there's no reason to send him. I no, I take that back. The 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 Tennessee or the Houston Texans could possibly, with a few other losses, potentially get into the playoffs. But it's there's such a, a small percentage. Pieces. It's such a small percentage. It's the so many pieces, Jeff. Exactly. 100%. Teams you're has got to right. lose. The Bills got to lose. The Bengals got to lose. Like, there's a bunch there's of teams. Lot. So instead of risking your franchise, sit the kid at least a week. Let him get his bearings back on straight. Get him some practice time next week. Send him back to the game on Sunday. I think it's a safe play. I think it's a smart play. And I think the Tennessee or the yeah the Tennessee Titans big win against Miami Dolphins. Dolphins shit the shit the bed again against a below five hundred team. And then uh, Will Billy Jeans is he's hot man. He's hot right now. I don't think that I'm not ready to say that he's the franchise quarterback, but I think for right now he's the, the guy he, going into next he, year. You gotta you gotta give him the ball, and I think he's winning some games. So I'm taking Tennessee at home. Yeah, I almost feel like this is a flip flop. If Stroud if Stroud plays, then I I go Houston. If he doesn't play, then I go Tennessee. Um, I'm I'm not buying into that Tennessee Monday night win. That to me felt more like an absolute Miami collapse. That was a collapse. Then it, it did Tennessee just it makes, that it makes my heart happy. By the loss. Way. It should. That that was such a Miami has come so back to earth. But I, I, I'm going to tentatively take Tennessee in the points because I believe that Houston will be playing their backup. This might be the first to 17 type of game as well. Uh, if Houston plays, and if you're listening to this Saturday or Sunday, if they do announce Shroud's playing, then jump on the three points because you might win yourself some money. The Kansas City Chiefs, once again, in a weird spot. Big spread, and I believe this. Uh, there's some big spreads as we come down the stretch. Eight and a half. I see some mates, but we'll keep it at eight and a half. They're an eight and a half point favorite. They are on the road. They are playing the New England Patriots. Jess, who you got? Um, I, I, eight I, and a half feels I, I think so that I think the Chiefs real. win, but man, eight and a half seems like a lot because they've not been putting up a lot of points. Yeah, jeez. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll talk myself into an eight and a half all day. I, I'm going to I'm going to continue to talk yourself out of it because I'm not taking it either. I think the Chiefs win, but they don't cover. Yeah, I agree. I, I they, the the Chiefs of J are just such a weird team. I've been tweeting about it for the last few weeks. I'm out. I don't trust them in the playoffs anymore. I just don't. Um, I I think that they are uh, a a B of an A receiver away from being great again. And I don't know if it's the Mahomes contract. I don't know if it's the Chris Jones contract. I don't know if it's just they haven't been able to hit on draft picks, which is weird to me because I feel like that that coach and that staff has been able to hit on draft picks. But it just 
it's not working. And there's going to come a point where late in games, Mahomes is going to need a target other than Kelsey because Kelsey's being double teamed. And the four yards he can get you on every snap ain't enough on three and thirty nine. And they're going to struggle. I'm, I'm talking myself into it. This is going to be uh, 17-13. Kansas City wins New England. Cousins. That sounds about right. The New York Giants. And when you say New York Giants now, you got to do the Italian hands. You can't Dummy just do gutlets it. gutlets in the house. You got to huh? do Italian hands when you fucking say New York Giants from now until the end of the fucking season. You can crank up the Sopranos. Tis the season. <laughs> They're a five-and-a-half-point dog. Mom hits her back in four. season, folks. <laughs> oh! Hey, Paisan! Five-and-a-half-point. Five the, the pigskin Paisan? I gave him that nickname. Don't let anyone steal it. It's the best, it's the best one. It's way better than Tommy Cutlass. Thank you. Uh, five, that one feels way more disrespectful. It does. It feels uh, five, New, New Orleans at home, five and a half across the board. Is Carr playing? I don't know. Is Jameis playing? I don't know. Jess, who you got? Uh, I, I think that the Saints win regardless of who's playing quarterback. I think if Jameis plays, I, I think that Jameis should be starting right now. I think Derek Carr's time in New Orleans is done. I think that it, it's just not a good mix. I, I screamed the, to the hilltops that this was a perfect fit for Derek Carr at the beginning of the season. When yeah, the trade happened, the I thought that it was, you know, low key. It's New Orleans. It's, you know, like just it felt it felt like a good spot. It was. It is not. Jameis yeah, Winston really needs to be the starting quarterback from this week till the end of the, the year. We know what Jameis can do. We know what he's good at. We know what he's bad at. But we also know that he will air the ball out like a motherfucker. I mean, that guy had like 30 and 30 year once. Like, that's pretty crazy, man. <laughs> Jameis can sling the rock. Not always to his team, but he can sling the rock. I still like the Saints. Uh, I think Saints defense pick up the slack. I think Alvin Kamara gets the ball like 15, 20 times, uh, both catching and, rece- and, uh, and running the ball. I think Saints win something like 14, 10, 17, 13, something like that. The two quarterbacks I think of the most in this scenario are going to be, and these are bad comparisons, but it's just scenario-based. It's going to be Peyton Manning, and it's going to be Big Ben Roethlisberger, because these are two dudes that struggled at the end of their career. And these were two dudes, and you looked at at the tail end of their career, and you went, these dudes just ain't got it no more. Like, that's just where we're at. These dudes just don't got it. They 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 might have the IQ, but they just can't make the throws. And I and I just mean any throws. They just don't got it. And that's where we're at with these guys. Yeah. I think that's where we're at with Derek Carr. Yeah. I think with Derek Carr, he just he does not have it anymore. And I think trotting him out there now is a disservice. And I think it sucks because we all had high hopes, but you know, we say it all the time on this show. Father time is a mother, and this is just one of those shows where one of these games, one of these seasons where Father Time just came in and just knocked my guy right over the fucking head, just really, and it's unfortunate. Because, I mean, you know, you know this, Jess, I love Derek. I'm always yeah. going to be a fan. He's a, he's a dog for life, and it's it's crazy because he'll, have an, he'll just have ter- a terrible game and the game will go to commercial, and then it's a local commercial of him and his brother for the local bank. 
<laughs> so we think it's almost impossible to root against the fucking the, the car the car family all everybody any interview i've ever seen with any of them mom dad you know them the brothers anybody they all just seem like such down to earth like good people and i believe that that's how that's who they truly are i believe they're very good people. we all know that they're very grounded Man, in their faith, of faith. you know Superman. very grounded in their faith and that's that's amazing too uh, we know that they that Derek and David were both huge competitors. They wanted to win. They wanted to strive for the best. I believe that David got fucked going to the Texans when he did. It was just terrible franchise, terrible team. And he, he got, you know, but regardless of they both have had NFL careers, they both made a lot of money. I think Derek has, you know, he's got a fan base, you know, and his biggest fan base is his family. And whether he hangs it up or not, which I don't think he does. I think he's got two or three years. You know what I mean? I think he's going to play for a little while longer. But I think that you're right. I think that father time has kind of caught up, man. He's never had the athletic tools of even a Ben Roethlisberger or a Peyton Manning. He doesn't have the IQ of either one of those guys. He doesn't have the physical attributes of either one of those guys. He's done a lot with his career with what a lot of people would say is very little as far as skill set and physical ability. So I think that what he's done is a great story and tremendous story for him, but he just doesn't have it. Like skill set wise right now, it's not there. He's a bad fit for this franchise and they need to move on. He's a bad fit for any franchise at this point. If he wants to hold the clipboard and be the backup for New Orleans while they figure it out, if they draft the quarterback next year, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But he has no he has no business being a starting quarterback in the league anymore. It is what it is. That's where we're at. All right, Jess, I like New let's Orleans. Go. I like the points. I like New Orleans. I like the points. You want to try and go through some of these shit games. And yeah, let's get through we, some of these games. We say we're going to skip through them, and then there's just points <laughs> that we haven't made because we haven't been on a show. And we just we want to we get our shit. We got to get our shit in, just like the Young Bucks. That's right. All right, the New, the New York Jets, they're a nine and a half point dog across the board. They are playing Miami, who struggled last week. Jess, who you got? Uh, I like Miami, but uh, similar to the Kansas City Chiefs, I think that the New York Jets defense is very tough. I think Chiefs are running up against a very tough team in New England as far as, like, defense-wise and where they're playing uh, offensively. Uh, depends on where Tyreek Hill's health is. I think Dolphins win, but I don't think that they cover. I think Jets keep it fairly close. Yeah, I'm opposite here. I like Miami. I think Miami's good for at least 20 points, and I, don't th- and I think the Jets will struggle to get to 10. So I, I like Miami, and I like the points. Zach Wilson, the- man, he only kisses hot moms. And, and it's weird, and it's weird, but we're not going to spend time on that. We'll do that next week. Tampa Bay Bucks, three-and-a-half-point dogs across the board. They are playing the Green Bay Packers. I'm getting a lot of texts this week for people going, should I start Jordan Love in my first week of fantasy playoffs? Which is just so wild to me. Uh, three-and-a-half-point favorite at home, Jess. Who you got? Uh, I like Green Bay. I think that both these teams are fairly even, but I'm taking the home team just because. Jordan Love, I would, I would definitely take uh, above Baker Mayfield at this point in time. All out on Tampa Bay, uh, three, two, one, Cancun. This feels and, and Green Bay for some reason is fighting for something. I keep hearing it's a playoff spot, but we're doing the same thing. There with Green no Bay, right? playoffs, teams, te- teams got to win. Teams got to lose. Teams got to have ties. It's weird. Uh, I like Green Bay. I like the points. The San Francisco 49ers, they might be the best team in football. You might have them ranked one or two or three, depending on how you shake the Yahtzee ball, shake the Yahtzee can, the jug, the jar. They're on 11. God, I see 12 and a half on a lot of sites, Jess. Let's land on 12. <laughs> These numbers are crazy. This one's jumping. 11, 12 and a half, 12 and a half, 12 and a half, 12, 11 and a half, 11. 
So let's just land at 12, Jess. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, they stink. They're at home. Who you got? That's such a that's such a big point spread. Uh, I've done it, it before, though. I think you have, too. I think somewhere in the in the line of this season, we've both taken huge point spreads. I'm going to take this point spread. I think that the 49ers are – I think that they're a top three, and I'm not going to say where they land in that three. It could be one, two, or three. But they're in that, that spot. Uh, the, the Cardinals are bottom three. I think that the math simply makes sense. I think Niners roll, and I'm going to take the points. I like the Niners. I like the points. Arizona is starting to hit 3-2 on Cancun, and Kyler can only um, rah-rah them for a half before that defense really starts caving them in. Uh, this is another Niners can easily score 20 points, oh, and, I think, and I think Arizona struggles to get to 20. So I like the points. I like the Niners. Uh, Washington football team, they are a six-and-a-half-point dog across the board to the Los Angeles Rams. Jess, who you got? I got the Rams and I got the points. I think they win by seven to nine points. I think the the commander's defense will, you know, they'll do decent. But I think that I, w- I will say this so far, the the Rams have been my storybook team of the season because I did not think that they would have even have had yeah. gotten to this many wins. Matt Stafford hasn't even played the whole season yet. Puka Puka Nakua has like completely just taken the NFL by storm in his rookie season and so many other storylines that are just amazing to watch unfold. Uh, I, I, I like the Rams and I like the points. Yeah, we all kind of shit on them. We all thought that they would be under five wins. Uh, we all thought that there was a chance McVay might be out. We didn't trust Matt Stafford. And we didn't know if Cooper Cup was going to play. So there was a lot of what-ifs there. Um, best, you know, chicken shit to chicken salad. You got to give um, you got to give that coach a ton of credit there. You got to give McVay credit. He motivates those fucking guys. Um, some nobody believes in us as we get to this part of the season as well. I like the Rams. I like the points. I'm going to skip the Dallas game. Let's come back to that because we, we should be doing that last. The Baltimore Ravens, uh, my darlings, they are a three-point favorite on the road to the Jacksonville Jags. This game is sexy, Jess. Who you got? Uh, I, I don't want to get into too much of the Lamar MVP thing. I absolutely disagree. Uh, you obviously love that take. It was your take. Um, and, and many others too. Uh, at this point in time, though, the Ravens are – I think that the Jags are kind of the the Jekyll and Hyde of the AFC right now, like they can be good and then they can be really stinky. And I think the Ravens have been pretty fucking steady. That's a Harbaugh trait. That's a culture thing. Uh, I think that the Ravens win and uh, even the points are, I I would take the points all day. Three and a half. That's easy money. Yeah. Jacksonville is, it seems to me like Jacksonville has been in a lot of premier games where they play a lot of really tough teams. And I know they won, uh, last year, so you know, when you win, you're going to be put into tougher, you know, these tougher games. But man, I just feel like they're in a lot of heavyweight matchups. Uh, I like Baltimore. I love Baltimore. I think they're the best team in the AFC. I think they're going to walk into the AFC as the one seed, and they're going to give a lot of teams fits. Uh, I like Baltimore as long as Lamar stays healthy, of course. Of course. What if? Uh, I like Baltimore. I like the points. Uh, I'm trying to talk myself on the way out here in Jacksonville, but I'm not going to. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles, they are a three-point favorite across the board. They are taking on the Seattle Seahawks. I know the Seahawks still have a pulse playoff-wise, but they are trending down. And Gino, it seems to me, is officially playing hurt, but I could be wrong. Just who you got. 
I do believe that Gino's doing the Rocky Balboa thing. Like he's just kind of toughing it out. I, I honestly take me up, give me the needle. I, I, I hate that. I mean, I think in today's day and age, like, I mean, if you are, you mean a lot to a team being the starting quarterback. Just fucking sit. But I, I mean, it is what it is. They're, they're trying to do the tough guy persona. Look, I'm tough. Uh, at this point in time, though, I think the Eagles kind of come in. Um, I, I like the points because it's not high. I don't think that the Eagles are going to be like blowing anybody out anytime soon. They haven't all year. So uh, I like the three points, but I'll take the Eagles on the road. This is an Eagles get right game. They clearly have struggled here. I talked to an Eagles fan the other night who said that he just thinks that they've just been in too many hard fought games too close. Uh, You would assume at some point they got to have a turnaround game. I believe this is a perfect setup in regards to a turnaround game. Seattle's defense has struggled a little bit. Um, and offensively, again, they're a little banged up. So Philly should be able to give them a nice little knockout punch here. I like Philly. I like the points. Jess, let's talk the game of the week of the century. This is the last game. This is your Buffalo Bills. They're at home, and I am not going to lie to you. I thought the Cowboys were a a three-point favorite easily here. They are not. They're an underdog. I heard one and a half on the car ride home to do the show, and I am seeing two across the board here. Jess, let's keep it at two. Who you got? So uh, I'm going to make – I'm going to say right now that I think the Cowboys win. Mm. It's going to be a tough game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by Dallas. I think that, you know, I think that of, of a lot of these middling record teams, I think the Buffalo Bills are the best of those teams – I think that they, without, you know, a couple of different play calls down the road, some things go their way. And the Bills are, Dude, you know, yeah. the Bills are 10 wins, 11 wins deep right now. So uh, it just, shit doesn't go your way all the time, right? It's professional sports, <laughs> man. Just, things don't always go your way. You got to make the best the, of it. Sometimes you get those balls that bounce your yeah, way. And sometimes they don't. Uh, right really now, I that. think that Joe Brady is doing a good job of, of of commanding this offense and allowing Josh Allen to go back to uh, Stampeder Josh Allen. I like seeing where Josh's head is right now in games. Uh, not as many turnovers in the last three or four games as, as the previous four games. And the best thing is, is James Cook is out there fucking balling. I think it was it's Joe Brady's biggest thing that he's brought to the offensive side of the table is allowing other offensive players to get involved in the offense. It's not just, you know, Josh Allen takes a snap, throws deep to Diggs, and he either catches it or he doesn't, or it's picked off. Like, there's a lot of things going on in that offense. I think it's good. I think that's what's going to help Buffalo keep in this game. But flip the, the other side of the coin, Dak Prescott is playing at an MVP level, and I fucking love it because I have been on Dak's bandwagon since fucking day one. Yeah. You know, I don't, no one can say I haven't, and I hate the Cowboys. I'm not a Cowboys guy, man, especially when it comes to Buffalo, but I love Dak. I think he's a phenomenal human being. I think he's a fantastic uh, qu- uh, quarterback. I think he's a phenomenal leader in that locker room. And whatever has happened, whether it's the offensive coach change or whatever, Dak is feeling it this year. And the turnovers will happen, just like Josh, right? Dak tries to make things happen. Josh tries to make things happen. It doesn't always go your way. You just said that just a few minutes ago. But I think the biggest difference is that uh, CeeDee Lamb is finally getting the attention that he deserves. And now that he's getting that attention, he's getting the double teams, which are opening up the the, the ball 
for Brandon Cooks and some of these other receivers. Uh, Ferguson, the tight end, I think is really coming along. I like that yeah, kid a that. lot. The offensive line starting to sort of gel together. Dak's not getting pressured as much. Um, I think that the only thing that the Cowboys should change around a little bit is get Tony Pollard's ball a little bit more. But yeah. I think the biggest thing is the Dallas Cowboys defense are just fucking monstrous. I think they're going to be all over Josh. They're going to get him yeah. sometimes. But I think the biggest thing against Josh Allen is just to force him out of his comfortability. And I think that the Cowboys have the linebackers and some of the defensive uh, front guys to make that happen. That's why that's what's going to be the, the outcome of the game is going to be the Dallas defense. Not necessarily sacks, but yes, maybe turnovers, of course. But it's going to be making Josh uncomfortable and making those yeah. those rush passes, forcing him through the middle, getting hit a lot, banging him up. I think that, that Dallas Cowboys defense has that all day. I'm taking Dallas. I think it's going to be something like – 27, 24. I definitely like Dallas and I like the points. I don't think this gets away from Buffalo, but I do think that Dallas wins handedly. I believe, as you mentioned here, the real key here is not necessarily going to be Buffalo's defense versus Dak, because I, I think Dak's seen some better defenses here in the past few weeks. No disrespect to Buffalo. I just think that their defense isn't trending as high as it was maybe six, eight weeks ago. Um, I think Josh versus that front seven is going to be a nightmare. I think structurally they're going to be able to really attack that, that offensive line. They're going to give Josh some real bad looks and, He's either, you know, the thing about Josh, which you know drives us both nuts, is sometimes he tries to make that play, and you can't do that against this defense because they're going to get turnovers. They're going to swat that ball out of your hand. They're going to make you turn the ball over. When you think you got that half an extra second, you don't, and that's when he's they're hitting you and you're dropping the ball. Um, I think Diggs can have a great game. Um, I think that he's going to have to if they're going to have any chance to win. But again, I, I think that front seven versus Allen, that's going to be the real challenge. And I think that front seven's going to win out more than Josh is going to win out. He's going to make spectacular plays. He's going to do the, the holy shit plays. But I believe sometime in the third or fourth quarter, this gets away from Buffalo. And I think we're going to have something like 27-20, but it's because Buffalo, you know, they got a touchdown late to cut it to a touchdown, something like that. I, I think Buffalo is going to be down 10, 13, 14, a lot of this game. I, I don't think it's, uh, you know, again, second half. I think the first half is going to be relatively competitive. I think the second half is when Dallas is going to start turning it up. They've done it a lot. Um, I will say this on the road, this is going to be interesting. I believe the weather will play a factor here. They're not playing on that AstroTurf and that nice warm stadium anymore. I'm assuming it's going to be cold in Buffalo. I'm assuming that's going to I I'm assuming that the elements could come into play here and if we get one of those really really cold icy games, I think Dak's going to have a problem moving the chains and the Bills can have a really good chance of going. This is the first of 20 and we know we can put up 20. Let's go. 
Yeah, one way or the other, this is definitely the game to watch this week, the Cowboys and Bills. Cowboys, obviously, looking for that number one seed in the NFC. The Bills just trying to get into a playoff position. And as I've heard, and I love I love hearing it because I'm a Bills fan, there's a lot of, of media guys saying the AFC wants Dallas to win this game because nobody, and nobody right now in the AFC is looking dominant. And nobody wants a, a, a fucking heat field Buffalo Bills team getting to the playoffs right now, because that that could play a that could play a huge part coming to the playoffs. Whether you're Kansas City, Baltimore, Miami, it don't matter. Yep. You got a pissed off Bills team that that everybody counted out so for such a long time. Now they're in the playoffs, but I'm telling you, it's going to be tough. I like the Cowboys in this game, and I, I, got, I, I think the, the best thing about this. We're not going to have one of those, you know, Patrick Mahomes all pissed off coming up to Josh saying, hey, man, that was team bullshit, right? We're going to have a respectful fucking handshake hug between Jack and Josh. you had to get that in before we hit the fucking rap. Cry, baby, Mahomes. Cry me a river. Come on. Oh, look at that. Real glass. Yeah, we'll we'll have some respectful (laughs) shit at the the center field, I tell you. I love it. All right, Jess, hit the fucking wrap it up button. Please, I got to get out of here. I do, too. I got to go hit the gym. Folks, uh, stay hashtag swollen control, uh, 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 swollen out of control. Stay swollen and out of control, folks. Uh, shout out shout Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports. Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports. Show. Shout out all of our brothers. Uh, if you go to variety underscore sports underscore and you follow them, uh, please make sure to go through their list of other podcasts. Uh, they have the, the what is the, the Hardaway uh, the NBA one, I think, is is fantastic. Those double, guys do, double podcast. They, they do a great job. Double double podcast is good. Fat Boy Fade Away, by far, uh, some of our biggest guys. Well, we love those guys. Brian, Tyler, all those guys, amazing folks. Just anybody in that realm, feel safe to follow. If you are a sports fan, you will get a kick out of it. Of course, follow Jason at Valdezville back uh, backwards five five nine. Follow me at JTT underscore eighty one, and follow the podcast at Team Toss. Uh, 21 folks thanks for listening enjoy the week enjoy the sports be safe peace god